Starting up a business is hard, really, really hard. Your chances of failure are high. You're likely to lose both your sleep and your hair. But luckily for you, you're not alone. Welcome to ET Startup School, your step-by-step -step guide to starting, building and consolidating your startup business idea. Your teachers at the ET Startup School will be some of India's best-known entrepreneurs, VCs and domain experts. So grab a notebook, pay close attention, school is about to start. Today's class at ET Startup School is called How Do I Build a Brand? Your teacher for this episode of ET Startup School is Shashank Mehta, founder of The Whole Truth Foods. The Whole Truth Foods claims to be India's first 100% clean food brand. Shashank started his fitness journey at over 100 kgs 15 years ago. In the decade that followed, he taught himself fitness, lost 40 kgs, ran several marathons and helped many friends and colleagues get onto the fitness bandwagon. Before starting up, he spent a decade across sales and marketing roles in Unilever, plus a two-year stint as entrepreneur-in-residence at Rebel Foods. Shashank is here to demystify the art and science of building a brand. Shashank Mehta, welcome to ET Startup School. The question on today's class of ET Startup School is, how do I build a brand? So let's first start with a definition. What is the definition of the word brand according to you? Thank you so much for having me, Suresh. Before I explain what a brand is, I think let's start with what marketing is. Marketing is behavior change, according to me. Uh, every time you try and market something to someone, you're trying to get them to do something different from what they were doing beforehand. So they might have been using a different brand and you now want them to use your brand. Uh, maybe they were only using shampoo and you want them to use conditioner alongside the shampoo. Maybe they didn't even use shampoo. They used only oil and you want them to start using shampoo. Uh, every time a marketer markets something, they're trying to change your behavior. They're trying to nudge you into changing your behavior by a little bit. That's marketing. And brand is nothing but a tool of marketing. Uh, think of it this way. When I'm trying to change your behavior, I'm trying to give you a nudge. But who am I? You need some image, some personality, some persona to think of when you think of who is this person, thing, imaginary conception that's trying to push me towards a new behavior. That imaginary conception uh, is a brand. So brand is the persona through which we conduct marketing, which is a way of affecting behavior change. Shashank, there are so many different elements of a brand. There's logo, there's packaging, there's advertising, there's corporate identity. Take us through some of the elements that actually help uh, build a brand or that make up a brand actually. Again, let's go back to brand is nothing but uh, imaginary personification of a marketer's toolkit. And hence, the aspects of a brand can be best remembered through the aspects of marketing. Uh, all of us have heard of the four P's of marketing. I come from Unilever. We used to have a six P framework on marketing starts with proposition then goes to product and packaging then goes to promotion then goes to price and place uh, what that means is very quickly proposition is why do you exist what does your brand stand for uh, pack and product are quite self-explanatory promotion is everything to do with advertising and running discounts and you know above the line and below the line promotions we'll talk about it more in the future uh, price is pricing, places, where can you be found, where can I go and buy you. Uh, all of these things combined uh, are what make up marketing. And all of these things combined 
are how we personify brands so when we say you know this is a cheap brand this is a massy brand this is a brand that i'm seeing everywhere this is a brand uh, that's a fun brand uh what we are actually doing is we are decoding one of the six p's as we see them uh and attaching that to the personality of the brand uh you know so so pricing plays up as it's a cheap brand or it's a premium brand uh whereas ubiquity plays up as oh it's a brand i'm seeing everywhere because you know you've seen it in four stores uh, underneath your house uh <laughs> right so so that's how i think of the many aspects of brand building whenever you're getting overwhelmed with you know sh- should i get like is the design the problem or is is you know the packaging the problem or why isn't the consumer getting it just go back to the six p's of marketing and think which of the p's uh, are the one is the one that you're talking of and then you know you can go from there and if we were to add a seventh p that p would be persona so you just spoke about brand being a persona and a sort of persona that you cater to how does one figure out what your brand stands for how did you figure out what your brand ought to stand for i think that's a great question the if there is a sequence of out of these six p's which p comes first for me that is proposition why do you need to exist you know what was missing or wrong in the world that your brand had to exist uh many a times we confuse brand to be a beautiful pack with a beautiful you know product which is effective and a label then you don't need a brand then all you need is great design brand is a force multiplier which casts a halo on top of every 6p everything that you do you get that halo if you have come to exist for a reason uh which is why you see uh in today's day and age most brands are purpose driven brands uh you know all the basic problems of uh, i wanted a clean aata and a, you know safe namak and a nice uh, hair oil have been sorted uh there is not much value one adds on top of functionality uh, of those products but uh, we add value through purpose uh, you know some brands aren't sustainable some brands purpose is to be sustainable for us for example at the whole truth the purpose is being honest because we believe marketers lie to consumers in order to sell their brands i think deciding to start a brand needs to start by thinking of what was wrong with the world that you're going to fix uh and that's why your brand needs to exist and then everything flows from there shashank some brands have direct names for example the whole truth foods is pretty much self explanatory coca cola self explanatory and some fairly successful brands let's say pepper fry apple virgin have completely unrelated names how important is the name of your product or service to your brand i think the name is very important uh, i will keep going back to this imaginary persona example now think of naming a kid how do parents name their kids well if you're elon musk you'll call your kid xae4763 or something exactly but but the common thread whether you're calling your kid that or vedant <laughs> or shashank uh is usually a search for meaning and usually uh you name people and things in the image of what you hope they will become going back to if you started a brand based on a proposition which answers why does this brand need to exist usually you will want to go for a meaning led name uh and there have been i think 
very broadly speaking, two different eras of marketing and brand building. In the bygone era, most brands were not meaning names, they were feeling names. Uh, you know, so Apple or a Virgin or, a, uh, you know, even back home. Uh, and there were, you know, also the surname names uh, uh, like a Bata or a, or a Bose. Bajaj, or a Bajaj, Bajaj, Bajaj right? yeah. uh, Didn't have any inherent meaning to them. Uh, they were either led out of, uh, you know, the founder's name or they were led out of a feeling. And you see it in impulse categories all the time. So, you know, Twix, Mars, uh, Snickers, words that mean nothing but leave you with a feeling and they are very sticky words. So they are they are designed for memorability, not for meaning. So that's the distinction I would make. There are two kinds of name name routes you can take. There is the meaning names and there are the memorability names. If you're a brand which was started around a purpose, I would go for a meaning name because uh, just the name itself, just hearing the name itself will tell the consumer something about who you are and why you exist. Whereas if I just say, you know, Snickers uh, to an alien, uh, they would have absolutely no clue uh, what this is about until I attach it to a product and, you know, advertise about hunger for 10 years. That's when the association starts building. But the name is very sticky. Once it sticks in your head, it won't go away. So that's the trade-off. You spoke about design a little while ago. Now the logo and the tagline of a brand are one of the most visible manifestations of a brand's identity. What do founders need to know about logo design and tagline construction? So a large part of marketing and brand building is about being remembered. Uh, It doesn't matter what you're trying to say if I can't remember what you said. And the biggest input into being memorable is being distinctive. Uh, And that's different from being different. Most brands are not different from each other, but they have distinctiveness. When you see, you know, two people from the same household who are not very different, who are brought up in the same way, but they dress differently, they talk differently, they go to different places to eat, etc. They're distinctive and that's how you remember them. Distinctiveness is the most important thing to build memorability and logo and tagline are one of the strongest uh, you know, most remembered, most often connected to a brand, symbols for a brand. Uh, and and hence, whenever you think of these, think of how will you create a visual and a copy identity for your brand, which is distinctive from your peer set. Uh, and, and why just logo and tagline? Uh, when you're trying to be distinctive, you're trying to be distinctive to all five senses, great brands, you know, have audio logos. They have uh, an audio snippet which you start, you know, uh, associating with the brand. If if any of the listeners listen to radio, that LIC jingle, you know, that, you know, that uh, if I do it, it'll sound very stupid. But, but I'm No, sure. do it, do it. We're all for it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sure it's triggered a memory already. Uh, that, that whistling at the end. Uh, you know, or the Viko Vajradanti ad, which has been playing for 50 years now, and it's, you know, stuck to our uh, heads. And uh, more recently, Paytm, just yeah, that ting ting people thought money has been received. Even the Britannia ting ting that they've now, you know, put into an audio logo. Similarly with smell, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, talked about how Subway stores have a certain smell and Barista stores have a certain smell. These are all logos. These are all distinctive brand assets which the brand is using 
to target one of your five senses to be remembered by you. So whenever you think of any brand asset, think of it as, again, go back to if your brand was a person, how would it dress uh, for it to be remembered? How would it smell for it to be remembered? What would it say? which was so distinctive from others for it to be remembered. Shashank, a lot of people conflate or wrongly equate uh, advertising and brand building to roughly mean the same thing. Now, advertising obviously is an important tool in brand building, but advertising in itself is not brand building. Am I right? Absolutely. And now that we have the framework of the six P's, just go back to that. Only one P of the six P's, which is promotion, speaks to advertising. But all the other P's of price, of place, where all are you available, that's not advertising, but that's immensely important. Uh, uh, your pack, your proposition, your product itself, none of those are advertising. Uh, advertising is given so much importance and it takes outsized importance in our heads because again, go back to the person example, we, you, we think we judge a person mostly by what he or she says. Uh, but that's again not true even in real life. We judge people by the way they dress. We judge people by where we met them. Did we meet them at an upscale restaurant or did we meet them at, you know, a local tapri? Uh, we judge them by how they smell. We judge them by who they hang out with. At its core, we judge them uh, on what they believe in, which is their proposition. Uh, all of these together uh, form a brand. And what that person says, which is the brand building equivalent of advertising, which is how you communicate uh, what you believe in, uh, is just one aspect of brand building. Shishang, take us through a short journey, how your brand was built from start to where it is today. How was the Whole Truth Foods built? So the Whole Truth Foods was born out of my own personal journey and uh, battle with obesity. I used to be an extremely obese kid. Uh, lost a lot of kgs uh, early in my 20s, thought that, you know, I've now won this battle, but in three years, all of that weight came back. Then I lost 30 kgs again. In three years, all of it came back. Then I lost it again. I did this plus minus 30, 40 kg cycle thrice in life. Uh, finally, before I figured out that, you know, something's going wrong with my food. That's why I keep relapsing into this uh, loop. That's when I started researching about food and fitness. I started writing a blog called Fit Shit, uh, where I used to, you know, uh, teach people what I had learned about reading nutrition labels, about reading ingredient lists and how to judge whether you're eating good food or not. And, it, you know, at some point of time, as part of writing that blog, I realized that I have such a deep passion for this area. Uh, I have such a deep angst against brands who've been lying to people like me who are very earnestly trying to, you know, be fit and lose weight and eat healthy. Uh, and having been a marketeer, I'd spent about 10 years in Unilever. Uh, I knew the tools of the trade too, you know, and these three things came together uh, to a point where I was like, how can I not throw my hat in the ring and become a part of the solution? If I believe something better can exist, who better than me to create this solution? And that's the proposition. That's the why we exist to why the whole truth came into existence. And the way we define our, you know, why do we exist? Uh, because no one likes being lied to. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, rich or poor, Indian or American, black or white, boy or girl. Uh, no one likes being lied to. And we've been lied to by marketeers for so long. Uh, 
that you know strategically also marketers left the truth flank open they left uh, space for a brand to come in be so nakedly honest uh, uh, and still win consumers and business by doing it that you know we don't have to check our morals at the door before we uh, enter our office and you know say now now we are different people and now we'll do marketing <laughs> right so that's how we came into existence those are some sharp words shashank are you very popular in the marketing community for saying things like this <laughs> uh, on the face of it people like me i don't think they like me that much uh, when i'm not around but to be a- basically calling a lot of marketers liars you know the fun thing is i was a marketer that's why i think people take it when it comes from me i did it for 10 years uh, but i did it to personal care where uh, you know i used to sell face cream saying pimples will go away in 2 weeks and fairness will happen in 3 weeks etc uh, okay. and i was the same person right like it's not as if i am now a changed man and uh, who i was pre 33 when i started up versus now is different i realized that no marketer gets up in the morning thinking let's go lie to some people right the problem is at the back end of production where you know products are being made today it's so consolidated nowadays that most of the brands that you're buying products from uh, are getting their products made from the same third party manufacturers uh, you know just putting it in a different bottle putting a different perfume to it putting a different you know sensory touch to it etc that if most products are similar how do i go out as a marketer and then differentiate myself how do i say i'm different when i'm actually not very different that's when you know we start taking a few creative liberties to say something which is almost the truth but you know not 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 quite and that's where the star mark comes in and the asterisk comes in and you have to go behind the pack and read what happened uh and somewhere along the way we drift so far from the truth uh that we enter the zone of half truths and lying is a you know incorrect word i use it to rile people up because you know for for my message to land i also need to be sharp but actually it's half truths uh if it was lying there's ascii there is the courts thing right uh but half truths are actually more harmful than yeah it's harder to distinguish a half truth or like jack nicholson says in a few good men you can't handle the truth yeah. and this is why you get you the get half the truth you get the half truth because and it's very harmful i i had seen it with myself right i was replacing my cola with a juice thinking oh this is healthy and then having two glasses of it i was you yeah, know absolutely not yeah. yeah so that's because i fell prey to a half truth and i see so many people around me who are you know eating twice the amount of chips because hey these chips are baked right these are Fact. yeah so these must be nice for me these must be healthy uh and 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 hence the crusade is against you know these half truths that we while living our lives as marketers we drift away slowly slowly every day that we don't even recognize where the story has gotten to you're clearly very passionate about the truth so how important is it for a founder or a founding team team to be extremely passionate about a value like this like the truth i think there are two aspects to this answer there is the brand aspect and the organization building aspect i think founder passion defines organization passion whatever the founder focuses on is what the company focuses on this much i can you know say very uh, categorically having seen this journey from close quarters wherever i put my time effort space what i say and do during tough times what i focus on 
is what the company uh, you know focuses on and brings me back to the point that people aren't good or bad it's their context that they respond to right so from an org building lens you might not be a purpose driven brand building founder but whatever it is that you focus on in tough times you know maybe you are a supply chain guy and you whenever tough times happen you focus on supply chain issues or you focus on finance or you focus on uh, distribution uh, that's what your company will you know uh, coalesce around and come around on the on the brand building side if i may add yeah go ahead i think if you are building a purpose driven brand it cannot be built if you truly do not yourself believe in that purpose uh, you cannot fake it brands are built over decades and you cannot fake anything over decades people will see the incongruence and inconsistency in what you say and what you do if all you are doing is putting up an act let's talk about advertising now now digital advertising is expensive how do you ensure that you get maximum bang for your buck i think the landscape's changed dramatically in the last one or two years Two years ago, digital advertising was cheap. The number of new age brands coming after the same, you know, premium set of consumers in India has driven up prices of digital advertising dramatically. Having said that, it is still the only form of advertising which is accessible to small brands like us because TV advertising, while it's the cheapest when it comes to per eyeball price, the absolute amount you have to pay to run even, you know, one set of ads is in crores. and hence small brands can't afford it how you use digital advertising to drive bang for buck advertising is advertising uh, digital is only a medium so the same first principles and fundamentals of advertising apply that a be very clear about what you want to say we get so caught up in oh i'll make a sexy ad we'll go to this location we'll get this star we will do this that we forget what are you trying to say uh because all of these other things are how will you say it which is secondary if you know what you're trying to say and you say it consistently over a long period of time it doesn't matter which medium you use uh to advertise your brand uh you will do you will do well that's the simple principle of advertising now speaking of first principles you broke one of the first principles because you personally appear in your company's advertising for the whole truth foods yeah what made you take this decision actually it's a very first principles decision because we are a purpose led brand and that purpose is the founder's purpose it comes from his own personal journey it didn't even occur to me that someone else can say this message more authentically than i can that was the starting point then the second thing i realized once i started doing a few videos for my own brand was people subliminally get the fact that if this fellow is putting himself out there he must really believe in it because if he is now and we put ourselves on a on an absolute pedestal right like the whole truth yep. it's it's a very very high bar to live up to now if we falter on it they know the guy who's called to catch because he's been on screen telling them that I'm not going to lie to you right so we raise the stakes uh by doing this which again by the way has great organizational benefits no one in the company ever even tries to think of putting a shortcut to the truth anymore mm-hmm. and then the last thing is you know i think again subliminally people understand that if a fellow who looks like this is willing to put himself on camera he must really believe in what he's saying because how he looks doesn't really lend too much to his brand 
so so i think uh, it was a very first principles decision i didn't think anyone else can deliver this more authentically than i can do celebrities and influencers help build brands i think they do uh, for two reasons a they get you reach uh, i wouldn't listen to me uh because i don't know who you are but if amitabh bachchan says it i will at least give him a year uh and listen to him after that i might decide that i don't believe in what he's saying or i don't believe in this brand but i'll at least lend you an ear so that's the fundamental benefit reach is the biggest benefit of having a star and then there is also some credibility rub off that you assume that if amitabh bachchan said yes to this brand uh you know this brand must come from a credible place it won't be a fly by night operator it won't you know run away tomorrow uh must have some the so called signaling, signaling effect. effect absolutely these are the two benefits of having a celebrity what about influencers how influencers started and how they are today are different today influencers are just small celebrities so the answer remains the same uh and you know by the way that's how most influencers engage with brands also nowadays that you know they'll give you a rate list and say because i have x million followers uh this is my rate card for one post which is exactly how celebrities uh, uh do it right in the earlier days and this was like 5 7 years ago when influencer marketing had just started it had come about as an antidote to uh celebrity advertising that i did not believe in because you know what does sachin tendulkar know about uh tires right like if you if he sells me a bat i will believe him but but why why tires right and then there was this some car enthusiast that i'd been following for ages who finally one day said you know what if you want to buy a tire buy this tire i will believe him i'll be like wow i've been following you for 10 years i i trust your expertise and now you're saying this you must be right that's how and that guy was hence an influencer that's how influencer marketing came about uh, unfortunately influencers started becoming so famous that what they started selling was not their expertise but their time and their face uh, and that's when i think we switched over from influencer to celebrity and hence the benefits have become the same which is reach and some bit of credibility shashank startups are usually cash trapped and in order to build a brand you may need a marketing consultant a brand consultant an advertising agency a design agency an influencer <laughs> marketing company how does a founder navigate what's right for them what they need and what they don't need great question a confusion that most founders face go back to the 6p framework see at the current stage that you're at which p of the 6p framework are you struggling with are you struggling with figuring out your proposition are you struggling with packaging design are you struggling with promotion and advertising or are you struggling with placement and distribution depending on which p you are struggling with find an agency which specializes in that p and go and ask them that question that out of this six these six p's which one do you specialize in i think that will give you an answer of who to work with and can you pay an agency in non with non cash options do you think that's a good good solution for a cash trap startup i think it's tough i've rarely seen it happen because you know the people on the other side in the agency are also trying to make a living out of their work so you know in a few cases uh, where either they are very hungry for work they are also a startup or they are a very large agency who wants to do this interesting project and doesn't really need uh, you know the money these are the cases in which you know some sort of a barter or a future payment or a uh, you know some other sort of deal can happen but usually uh it's almost i would say it's unfair 
to ask for uh, non-cash deals because the folks on the other side are also do this is their day job this is how they you know earn their livelihood another big buzzword in marketing shashank is performance marketing so one school of marketers i speak to say all marketing is performance marketing and another school says no there's one school where you want to measure exactly what you're doing and you want to see results of that marketing activity and another school uh, it's the spray and pray school if you will you build a brand and the benefits are sort of diffused and you can't really measure what you did the results of what you did where do you stand on the issue of performance marketing versus brand marketing i can almost guess the age of the people who give one answer versus the other uh, okay. in again in the pre uh, facebook google days uh measurement was very very tough most advertising was radio tv print you don't know spray and pray right? exactly yeah. so that was the and that's why too many new brands didn't exist because the kind of money uh and distribution that you needed uh, to do spray and pray was only available to the large companies right because what's the model that you show your piece of advertising to i don't know 10 crore people and you put ideally before chitrahar <laughs> exactly so. right before it uh, and uh, and then you put your product in like 10 lakh stores and then you allow probabilities to play out that someone who saw the ad next time they go to the store they'll buy it right with the advent of you know the facebook googles of the world and you know the world finding these virtual playgrounds that they you know uh, accumulated at measurable advertising became possible measurable in real time became possible and smaller ad spends became possible i could spend 1000 rupees and reach you know 5000 people the only option wasn't either don't advertise or spend by 5 crores right what did change though uh, was this confusion between brand building advertising and performance advertising again go back to the 6p framework the the brand building advertiser usually leans towards advertising which talks about proposition which talks about why we exist what this product was built to do what's the functionality of it whereas performance advertising depending on where you are in the marketing funnel and you know there is the top of the funnel which is people who've never heard of you then there is the middle of the funnel who people who've interacted with your brand somewhere but haven't ever bought you and then there's the bottom of the funnel which is people who either bought you once or have engaged very heavily with you this funnel could be targeted for the first time when digital marketing came into play before this when i was showing you a tv ad i didn't know whether you're sitting at the top of the funnel or the middle or the bottom uh that's when performance marketing started getting much more targeted that you know if you if you're in the middle of the funnel you've already engaged with my brand you've seen my website you've seen my instagram posts but you're not buying then i am like hmm i don't need to tell you about why i exist maybe you're not buying because of price maybe you're not buying because you think i'm very expensive so i'll show you an ad which says now 20% off or get this coupon maybe that will get you to convert and come to the bottom of the funnel so which part of the funnel you are advertising to defines which p of marketing you over index on uh i think these broad stroke statements of all advertising is performance all marketing is performance marketing or all marketing is brand building are just lazy both things exist for a reason uh maybe the labels are not very accurate uh because even brand building advertising performs it just performs in ways that we are not able to measure today because it moves something called mind measures over a long period of time when you see 
you know, surf saying Daga Chen, showing you those ads. Yeah, some, one day you'll go yeah, out and buy surf. Yeah, yeah. Some, something keeps shifting in your head. So it is performing, just that, you know, you're not running out of your house right now to go buy a surf. All right, now let me ask you a contra question. What are three good ways to destroy a brand? <laughs> I'll give you the one good way and that's enough, which is be inconsistent. Uh, say one thing in one place, another thing in another. And when I say say, I don't mean just advertising. Consumers, again, go back to brands are like imaginary people. Uh, and you judge or think of them as movie characters. Uh, you judge inconsistencies in movie characters, right? And I'm sure all of us have had these moments where we're like, hmm, why is this character doing this? Or I didn't imagine the home of this character to be like this. How is it that this character is, you know, middle class, but he has this car? Something is off, right? And the minute that happens, the minute that inconsistency happens, uh, you know, this cinematic facade that you've created goes away. I am no longer... Suspension of disbelief. Exactly. The suspension of disbelief is gone. It's exactly the same with brands, just that it happens in such distributed environments that we are not able to wrap our heads around it. But, you know, one of the ways it will happen is I saw the brand saying something in its advertising. Then I went on its website. The colors were different. You know, it the tagline there was something different. Then I went to the store uh, and what looked like a very premium brand on its website was selling as buy one, get one free in the store. Uh, incongruence is setting in. I don't know what's happening. And consumers' minds are so cluttered. They have 0.001% time to spend on thinking of brands, right? Our lives are more about where is my job going? My relationship is in stress. My kids are not going to school. All of that shit is going on, right? So brands, we have like this much time. Any incongruence actually doesn't lead to incongruence. It leads to ignorance. Uh, the minute you are inconsistent in what you say, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to think about this brand. Move on, uh, right? And brands don't die of, of love or hate. If your brand is able to evoke any emotion that is so strong as love or hate, you've done a great job. Brands die of ignorance. No one thinks of you. People just walk right past you. Not very different from human beings. I don't mind being loved or hated. I just don't want to be ignored. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Shashank Mehta, let's end this interview with a personal question. What does your fitness routine look like these days? So my definition of fitness over years has evolved to fitness is a combination of strength, endurance, and flexibility. So I judge myself on whether I am progressing even a little bit every day on all of these three axes. Uh, and hence, I structure my fitness regime around all these three. So for strength, I do about two days of weight training in the gym. For endurance, I try and do one to two days of running or cycling uh, in the week. And for flexibility, I do one or two days of yoga in the week. And if I keep progressing on all these three axes, I feel that I'm fit. And what snacks did you eat today? <laughs> I'm fasting. Today, I am a big proponent of intermittent fasting. So I'm going to have my first meal around lunch. Snacks are usually out of the closet. But uh, if they're there, uh, it's usually a whole truth protein bar. And when I'm really craving some savory stuff, then it's some chips. All right. So you do eat chips as well. Yeah. All right, Shashank Mehta. Thank you very much for being part of ET Startup School. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So that brings us to almost the end of today's class at ET Startup School. If you'd like to be a good student, check out and do the homework assignment in the show notes. If you like the podcast, 
Share it with family, friends, even your frenemies. ET Startup School is produced by Animesh Das with inputs from Anupriya Nair, Erika D'Souza, Arijit Burman, Shilpa Sharma, Harish Shavla, Govind Mundra and Vishal Bhandari. ET Startup School is available on economictimes.com and ET Play as well as Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Geo Savan and Google Podcasts. 